told him just to kill a couple of you. No, I didn't. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I didn't tell him that at all. Your pastor and his wife are very, very special people to my wife and to me and our family. There are a lot of memories, and there are many things that will never be told. The blood of Christ is a wonderful thing, and it is a powerful force in our lives. And the psalmist prayed a prayer. Some years ago, I grew up in Illinois. That was home all my life, and I all my growing-up years. And I, I grew up there on that campground that Illinois owns and, and all the mischief that goes with being a camper through all those years. And then some years later, I was invited back to preach a camp meeting on that grounds, which was surreal somehow. But I told them that when I got up on the first night, I said, now this is not my text this evening. But this is going to be our theme for the week. And it's a verse out of the 25th Psalm, where the psalmist says, Remember not against me, I pray the sins of my youth. So I told him, I said, for this week, in this place where I grew up, that's our theme, okay? So I'm trying to apply that to your pastor tonight and uh, his formative years as a teenager. But they've been very close to us and very special, and we honor them tonight. And congratulations to this church both on 55 years of your church history and 10 years in partnership with your pastor. I was here uh, at, at his election and when that he transitioned into this role, and it didn't look quite like this in here, either the facilities nor the congregation, and I honor you for standing with him and growing with him. This place is beautiful, and I thank God for it, and I'm excited for your future, and I'm excited for the fact that you're already having to make plans and dreams about a new building and new location and all that. I thank God for that. That's a good thing. Amen. And so I rejoice with you in that, but we celebrate this very special occasion. I'm honored to be a part of it tonight. Now I know it's Wednesday and you've got work tomorrow and I do too. Psalm 1. I'm going to read from the first Psalm this evening and three verses in your hearing as we look to the word of the Lord together for just a little while tonight. Psalm 1 and verse 1. This is familiar to many of you, but perhaps it's just a slightly different angle on, on this passage as we work our way through it. Psalm 1 and 1, the psalmist says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'm going to talk to us a little bit tonight about some secrets to being blessed in every season. Blessed in every season. I'm quite sure that... Um, Everybody here tonight, regardless of your age, regardless of the length of time that you've walked with God or served God, regardless of what you do or don't know about, about Scripture or anything, you, this could be your first service here, or this could be your, you, you could have been like me and just grew up in this, whatever your particular situation. I think I'm pretty safe to say that if I were to ask tonight, how many of you want to be blessed by God? I'm pretty sure everybody's going to agree with that. We want I, I want to walk in the blessings of God. Now, now our culture, please understand me, our culture, particularly our religious culture, has corrupted this idea of being blessed until it has to be attached to dollar signs. 
The blessings are only equated in finances and blessings are measured in what kind of house you live in and what kind of car you drive. Blessings must, they say, be measured in net worth, lands, and a host of other things that are one day just going to pass away and be burned up anyway. If those are blessings, they're very temporary blessings. Now, I realize that we're blessed with material things, and I can absolutely present to you from the Scriptures the very clear case that if you're faithful in your finances, God will not be a debtor to you. But I want to tell you, I'm glad tonight the blessings of God go way beyond anything you've got in the bank. You want to hear some of it? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Folks, that's a blessing. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Folks, that's a blessing. Come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden. I'll give you rest, folks. I want you to know that's a blessing. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to understand that's a blessing, and nobody's going to measure that on a balance sheet. You may not be able to measure it in worldly wealth, and its sums may never appear on any financial records, but we've got peace that goes beyond understanding. We are blessed. We've got joy in dark midnight hours. We are blessed. Our sins have been forgiven and washed away by the shed blood of Calvary. We are blessed. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are blessed. We have a foundation that is secure, a light in our path, a hope beyond this life. I'm just trying to convince you tonight, you are a blessed people. We're blessed. And I want to, anybody, anybody want to be blessed tonight? Anybody, I'm telling you, I want to walk in blessing. And the good news is that God has promised to do that for us. Psalm 5 and 12, for thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Psalm 67, 5 through 7, let the people praise thee. O God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. I think it's one of the neatest word pictures in all of Scripture. In Deuteronomy 28, God tells his people this. He said, It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Watch this, verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field, and blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Is anybody getting the picture that God says if you'll just do what I ask you to do I will bless you. In fact, he said, I'll make blessings overtake you. You don't have to listen, 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 listen. I'm not chasing blessings. I'm chasing the blesser. Because he said, if you just do what I want you to do, I will make blessings come on you and overtake you. You don't even have to be looking for it. You just be going through your day. And he said, I'll send blessings behind you like a bloodhound on your trail. And you'll just be walking along and suddenly a blessing of God will sneak up behind you and land on your life without you even knowing it was coming. That's just kind of what God does. He blesses us. If we're obedient, we can be blessed 
in every season. Our text tonight talks about seasons. It references a tree bringing forth fruit in his season. I think we all understand this. Nobody goes out to the orchard to pick peaches in January. I mean, you can go. You won't be too crowded. You ain't getting many peaches. There's still peach trees, but it's not the season for peaches. Now, a man can get frustrated by that and rant and rave, or he can understand the value of seasons. If those trees did not have a dormant rest season, they could not produce in the growing season. God ordained seasons, and there are seasons in our lives. Sometime back, a friend of mine opened my eyes to a new understanding and insight in Psalm 1 and 1. I want them to put Psalm 1 and 1 back up there for me, if they would, please, for just a moment. Look at this verse. It's familiar to us, but open your eyes a minute and look at it. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If you'd leave that there just a minute. I had a friend point out to me, he said, Scott, I wonder if instead of that being three admonitions or, or admonitions to three admonitions to one man, if instead it might not be talking about one man at different seasons of his life. He said, you will note the individual in that verse becomes increasingly less mobile. He starts out walking, and then he winds up standing. And before the verse ends, he's seated. He said, maybe, just maybe, it's showing us a picture of declining physical strength and activity level and the aging of the man. Maybe instead of giving us three admonitions at one time, it is three verses or a verse that speaks to three different seasons of our life. That maybe, just maybe, what the psalmist is saying to us and what I'll preach for just a little while tonight is that if I want to be blessed all through my life, then as a young man or a young woman, I've got to make a decision that I will not have ungodly counsel in my life. As a middle-aged man or woman, I've got to examine what I'm standing for, and when I reach my senior years, I've got to be careful I don't let scorn come into my life. If we'll hear this psalm, we can be blessed. So I'm going to work my way through the congregation tonight and seek to offend everybody. Just kidding. Let me, let me speak just a minute tonight in a season of anniversary. Let me speak for a moment to the young men and the young ladies, the walkers. He says, blessed are the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't have to leave it up there the whole time, but the, 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 the first ones are mobile. They're young, they're strong, they're moving, they're active, they're doing, they're going, they're busy. And, and that's good. That's the season of life that they're in. They are meant to be strong and active. I want to, can I just throw a bouquet out there? Church, I think you ought to be proud of these young people and the way they worship. I don't know if they're mandated to sit up front or if they do it because they choose to. But you ought to thank God for young people that aren't ashamed to be worshipers and lead in that. Thank God for that. I honor you young men and young ladies. But in another sense, that's what you ought to be doing. You're young and strong. Some of us, if we acted like that, would now be taking Geritol. It's the season of life you're in. John even looked at the young men and said, I've written unto you, young men, because you're strong. Thank God for our young men. I'm not going to be one that criticizes you and condemns you for everything I think is wrong with you. Hey, we were teenagers too. We've just all forgotten it. 
But I thank God for our young people. I'm grateful for your worship and your response to the Spirit. I believe you can do incredible things, great things for a great God at a great time in His kingdom history. But we're going to have to be honest enough that while you're young and while you're strong and while you're able to walk and move and be doing and going, the psalmist gives you a warning and says, if you want to be blessed while you're out there moving around and walking, you better be very careful you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The message of you young people is you're still mobile. You're still finding your place. You're not settled yet. You're still walking. You're still moving from place to place. And he said, you better watch it because there's going to be all kinds of voices to speak into your life to try to lead you to walk in a wrong direction. you got to make up your mind and say, I want to be blessed more than I want to be popular. I want to be blessed more than I want, to, I want money. I want to be blessed more than anything else. I'm not listening to any voice that tries to pull me away from the church now I, I, I do so much appreciate that I really do but I want your heart more than I want your hands you got to make a determination as a young man as a young lady to say I will listen to the voice of my pastor more than I'll listen to the voice of Hollywood I will listen more to the voice of elders in my church than I will listen to the voices that are coming out of this world I want to be blessed hear me not just every voice needs to be speaking in your ears not just I'm not your pastor not got a great one I'm not trying to be but not just every kind of music brings blessing not just every kind of media produces blessing not just every kind of online activity leads to blessing there are all kinds of ungodly voices around you and they've got access to you more readily than ever before it's a crazy world we live in I was thinking when I was sitting down there, the, 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 I guess a lot of it was probably, probably old Super 8 footage. Which <laughs> they're, they're going, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm guessing a lot of that was old Super 8 footage. And, 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 and it was a big deal back then. Are you kidding? Color footage? And now we're sitting there going, that resolution's pitiful, man. Their iPhone wasn't very good. Things have advanced so much and gotten so crazy until you've got access to all kinds of things that weren't even remotely accessible to me when I sat where you are. But the danger of that is that means all kinds of things have access to you. And all kinds of voices can whisper into your ears. All kinds of things can try to lead you astray. You've got to make a determination unlike anything ever before. I have decided my feet are in the church and I am walking the way of righteousness and I am not going to listen to any voice. You've got to determine it. Our world's gone crazy, y'all. Is y'all a word? Good. I knew it was. I was just testing you. Our world's gone crazy. What is the fascination in, in today's youth culture with everything dark and flavored, all the vampire craze and the zombie craze, all manner of new shows and books and, and, and even comic books that feature all this stuff about darkness. The whole Twilight series that came out a few years ago was a huge success among teens. And the author, Stephanie Meyer, even went so far as to write about demonic spirits having sexual relations with humans. I tell you, the world we're living in is corrupt and unclean, and it brings all kinds of ungodly counsel that is not hard harmless entertainment and infatuation with things that are of, the, of, of demonic spirits and the practices of the occult is nothing that any of our young people need to be listening to. Those are not voices that need to be in your mind. I, I'm just still trying to preach a little righteousness up here, but God says if you want to be blessed, you got to decide I'm not listening to some stuff. 
You can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Young men, I just want to encourage you. Stay away from some things. Not because you might be lost, but because you want to be blessed. I'm sorry. I'm watching that movie. I want to be blessed. I'm sorry. I ain't going to that party. I, I want to be blessed. And it's not just about what I can get away with or what might send me to hell or what my parents might ground me over. I've made up. See, you want to know why I survived and some of my peers didn't? I'll just tell you. I'm older than dirt. Okay, I understand that. To the Right now, they're trying to figure out how I function without oxygen. It's, it's a gift. But I sat on church pews with guys right beside me that worship just like I did, and some of them today aren't here. You know why? Because I made a determination. It's not just about what's going to send me to hell or what's going to send me to heaven. I want to please God. I want God to be honored by my life. And there's just some stuff I'm not listening to. I wish somebody helped me preach a little bit. I've just made up my mind, and that's why I'm still here. I want to get a hold of your heart tonight and tell you if you want to be blessed in life, if you want a life full of peace and joy and prosper blessing of righteousness, you've got to make up your mind. There's some voices I will not listen to. I'm walking. I haven't settled yet. I'm still mobile, and there's going to be voices that try to lead me a right way, and there's going to be voices that try to lead me a wrong way, and I've made up my mind. If I have to separate myself from some friends, I'll do it. If I have to break off a dating relationship, I'll do it. If I have to change the circle I run in, I'll do it. But I am much more interested in the approval of my elders than in the applause of my peers. I want to be blessed more than I want to be entertained. I want to be blessed more than I want to be popular. I want to be blessed more than I want to fit into this world. And so I've made up my mind as a young man. I will not listen to the counsel of the ungodly. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to the next group, the middle-aged folk. Now, now, you can define that however you want. I ain't about to make that decision for you. I think I'm middle-aged until I do the math, and I realize I am if I live to be 106. Otherwise, I'm not in the middle. But this group, the, the, the standers, the next group, they're not, they're not, they're not walking. He, he said, you walk in the council of God. And then he said, but nor standeth in the way of sinners. It, they're not moving anymore. They're not falling down. But they're not as energetic as they used to be. They watched the walkers going by going, yeah, I used to do that too. Now I just kind of stand here and watch them. He used to play softball. Now I umpire. Yeah, see, some of y'all thinking of somebody you know right now, aren't you? <laughs> first, the first step is you hit, let somebody else run the bases for you, and it goes downhill from there. <laughs> it's that group. They're in between. They're not, they're not falling over, but they're not doing what they used to do. Pretty sure I'm there. They're standing, but watch. They're not mobile anymore. They've settled in. They've established some things. They aren't moving. To that group, he says, you better be very careful what you stand for. Everyone will stand for something. He says, you be very careful you don't stand in the way of sinners. He didn't say stand with sinners. That's the young people. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He said, but when you stand and just be sure that what you're standing for is not what sinners stand for. I told you I'm going to get on everybody before it's over. Those of us establishing our homes and our families are told that if we want to be blessed, we've got to stand for some right things. I have been known to step off the platform and amen myself. Don't tempt me. 
There are just some things, folks, that God can't bless. I can desire blessing and long for blessing and even pray for blessing all I want, but if I don't live a life in harmony with that word, I'm not going to be blessed. That passage in Deuteronomy said, I'll make those blessings come on you if you follow my word, if you do what I say. Folks, I want to live my life in a fashion God can bless. I want to have a home that God can bless. I want to have a marriage that God can bless. I was praying before service one day, and I, and I was praying the typical prayer. We, you know, we were prone to pray, God bless our singing, bless the preaching, bless the giving. And the Lord just kind of smacked me and said, why don't you stop praying for me to bless that and start praying that you'll give me something I can bless. And I changed it. I said, God, let our worship be something that you can bless. Let the preaching be something you can bless. Let our giving be something you can bless. I can't just pray God bless our giving. I have to pray God let my giving be something you can bless. It's, it's all dependent on me in this crazy world where our morals are so confused. There is something wrong. It's a corrupt and evil and perverse world we live in. But the good news is that the gospel delivers us from the power of corruption. Can I just say it plain? There ought to be a difference between our homes and the homes down the street. Not because we're better than them, but because we've been set free. There ought to be a difference in what the conversation sounds like. I will amen myself. The conversation in our homes ought to sound different than it sounds in the houses down the street. The things we find entertaining in our home ought to be different than what's down the street. You know why? Because I'm standing for something, and I want my family blessed. I want my kids to be blessed. I want my future to be blessed. i got to stand for some right Bible says in Galatians 1.4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Jesus himself prayed for us in this regard in John 17. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Folks, we live here, and evil is all around us. But I thank God that his truth offers us a better way. We can be blessed. Our homes can be blessed. Our lives can be blessed. Our families can be blessed. We may have to crucify some attitudes. We may have to kill some activities. We may have to make some hard and uncomfortable choices that we will stand for righteousness and purity and holiness and sanctification. But oh, the reward that he would bless our home. It's an interesting story. Samuel comes to Jesse's house. He's going to anoint one of the boys kings. You're familiar, probably most all of you. He knows one of the boys is going to be king. and They bring by Eliab. He's the biggest, oldest. Samuel sees him. Just This has got to be him. No. Bring by Shammah, the second one. That's not him either. They run them all by one after another. None of them. Until finally Samuel says, Did you get got another boy around here someplace? Well, there's a little runt kid out on the backside of the hill watching a sheep. David, do he don't even like him much. He said, you go get him. He makes an interesting statement. He said, you go get him. And nobody, they, they send the servant or whoever to go get him. He turns around and he says, now nobody sits down until he gets here. Why? Because in a little while, a shadow is going to come over that doorway. And it's not the shadow of a shepherd this time. It's the shadow of a sovereign. A king is fixing to come. And when you're waiting on a king to come, you just take a stand. All I'm telling you is, as moms and dads, as husbands and wives, of those of us as single parents and single adults that are established in their home, folks, you want to know why I stand for some things? I'm waiting on a king to come. 
I'm not just doing this to make somebody happy. My king is about to come, and when his shadow comes over the doorway of eternity, I want him to find me standing for righteousness. Anybody with me? I want him to find a home that's sanctified and pure. I want him to find somebody that says the things of God matter more than the things of this world. I want to stand for some things. The king is coming. The king is coming. When he comes, he's got to find me standing for the right things. Doc or Sneezy or something. But folks, moms and dads, you want, you want to be a blessing to your pastor? Three of you. That's concerning. You want to be a blessing to your pastor? Stand for some things in your home. Have a backbone to stand in that home and say, I'm sorry, we're not wearing that. I'm sorry, we're not going there. Don't make your pastor clean some stuff up. Oh, it's getting so tight in here. Several years ago, I made a trip to Botswana in Africa. It's very privileged to go over and preach a youth convention there. It's been several years ago. And, and while I was there, we did a game drive at, 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 at an animal like Safari Park. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done. It's just amazing. I mean, you, you drive out, there, it's a, you know, 100,000 acres of wild animals that would like to eat you. And it's just, it's the coolest thing. It's a zoo in reverse. No, it is. You're inside the cage, and the animals are looking at you. It's so cool. And then twice a day, you leave the cage. You get in a truck that's open, nothing between you and them except air, and you drive out of your cage, and you drive out amongst the animals. It is the coolest thing. I mean, it's just it's amazing because they you drive right out amongst the lions, and and they you know they killed something this morning. Blood on the muzzles, and it wasn't horse meat from the zoo employee. It was—it's just so cool. So we're driving along, and we're we're right amongst all these lions, and the and the guide up there in the front of the truck that has a gun—that made me feel good till he told me he'd never fired it. That didn't encourage me quite so much. He said, he said, I want y'all to look at something. He said, look at the look at look at the lions. He said, what color are they? Well, y'all know what color a lion is. It's that brown, tawny, dusty—you know, weed-colored brown that they blend in. He said, I want you to notice that they're not all brown because the backs of their ears and the tip of their tail is jet black. Whoever sees the back of a lion's ears, I don't encourage it. Okay, if you're ever around a lion, don't insist to look behind his ears. Just run, okay? But, but if you get the chance and you ever see one from behind, the backs of their ears are black and, and the tip of their tail is black. He said, why do you think that is? a clue. He said, well, think about it. Maybe it'll come to you. So we keep driving. And we pass this, there's pass an antelope. There's like 900 bazillion kinds of antelope in Africa. And we pass this, this antelope. And, and it's all that color, all that, that just brown, grassy looking color, except on its tail. It has a black stripe right down the middle of its tail. He said, why do you think that is? I don't have a clue. Paying you $1,000, you tell me. <laughs> He said, well, just keep thinking about it. I don't want to think. I'm on vacation. So we kept driving. We came across another kind of gazelle, antelope, something. I don't know. And it was that color, you know, that same brown color blends in, except right on its, on its rear flanks, on either side of its tail. It had a little black stripe on either side of its, of its tail. And, and, and he said, why do you think that is? I'm like, dude, I'm going to throw you out the truck if you don't just, I don't know. He made a statement. I could not get to my pen fast enough to write it down. He said, if the adults 
blend in completely with the world they live in, the young will never know where it's safe to walk. That when they walk through the weeds, when they make their way through the grass, there is something about them that makes them stand out from the world so that they do that because they've got young ones following them. I'm trying to preach to some folks right now. You've got to be a little different than this world because we got young men and young ladies and children that are looking at your life. Somebody has to make a commitment. I'm going to maintain some distinctives. We're not going to be like everybody around us because I want them to know where it's safe to walk. dentist I used to attend I had to change because our insurance plan changed he wasn't the right plan anymore but the dentist I used to go to had a, a plaque down there on the end of the wall when you're sitting there with your feet kicked back and they've got enough metal in your mouth to make a small import <laughs> their smoke is coming out and they're doing things that are outlawed at Guantanamo Bay there's this plaque down there on the other end of the wall on the other end of the room and this is what it says the dentist cannot do what you refuse to do in other words, it's saying, knucklehead, if you had flossed, you wouldn't be in so much pain. But you can't expect to come in here once every six months and expect the dentist to make up for your lack of faithfulness. And it's really unfair for any of us to think we can live haphazardly all week long and bring our family into church for a couple hours on Sunday and think God is going to make up for what we haven't done. Oh, I'm trying to encourage you. Anybody want to be blessed? Anybody want to be blessed? Then you got to make up your mind. I'm standing for righteousness. I'm standing for purity. I'm standing to back up my pastor. I'm standing for eternal priorities. I'm standing for some things that will last. I want to be blessed. I've got to stand for some right things. then he turns his attention to the more senior men and women the sitters the psalmist addresses this final group they are seated they're not walking they ain't even feel like standing they're seated I'm not even gonna ask you how many of you are there but they're a little older they're weary they're not up to walking anymore and standing is even a little more than they want to do very long hear me their life is not over and their usefulness is nowhere near past because the counsel and the wisdom and the spiritual influence of our elders is beyond value. I say thank God for elders that show us faithfulness. Thank God for elders that have showed us how to have a godly home. They may sit more than they used to, but I say thank God for elders that showed us how to be committed to a marriage, that showed us how to support the church in hard times, that showed us how to sacrifice, that teach us how to pray. Sunday afternoon, I went to the church to see Sister Sullivan. They had to take Sister Sullivan to the church Sunday afternoon. I went to see this dear lady. They thought she'd had a stroke. She's, she's well advanced in years. Her health is not good. She's got a lot of medical issues. She's very weak. She could barely talk. She was laying there in bed. She was a little bit dis disoriented. They couldn't figure out what was going on. I took her hand. I said, Sister Sullivan, let's pray. That lady prayed me under the table. She couldn't have told you her name 13 seconds before, but she still knew how to pray. Do you understand how much a treasure it is to have people in church that know how to pray? I'm just saying thank God for those people. They may be seated, but thank God for those elders. Brother Jerry Jones told me one time, he said, You know, Scott, fireplaces are made up of two important elements, fire and bricks. Yeah. He said, It takes both. 
He said, if you had bricks without fire, nobody would gather around to sit in front of it. Nobody would be drawn to a fireplace that didn't have any fire. I mean, you imagine that. You walk in a house, dead, dry, blackened, quiet, cold fireplace. Families all gathered around it. It's not going to happen. You walk in a room, no fire in a fireplace. Nobody walks over there to it. Build a fire, everybody goes over there to it, right? Because the fire attracts people. But he said, if you had fire without bricks, you'd be calling 911. He said, Scott, churches are made up of two things, fire and bricks. Thank God for the fire. That's what makes people want to come. But you better never forget the value of those bricks that provide the structure. It provides the stability and the structure that that fire can burn in. I say thank God for every elder in this church that provides the structure. You've weathered the fight. You've been here a long time. You're solid. You're stable. And I say thank God for you. And then in classic Jerry Jones fashion, he said, and just in case you think just because they don't burn, those bricks aren't hot, reach in and touch them. And you'll find out that the heat of that fire, because they've been exposed to it so long, has gotten deep down inside them. And when the flame goes out on Sunday night service, they're still hot on Monday. Some years ago, you remember, you remember the winter back, I don't know, four or five years ago, when it snowed every Saturday and Sunday? I'm standing in my front yard every Saturday morning going, canceled more church in a month than we had in three years and I was so frustrated I told Bishop Dugas I said we're having church next Sunday I don't care if it takes Eskimos to get us there we're having church well sure enough Saturday it started snowing and we get like seven or eight inches of snow by Sunday morning I said we're having church I don't care if it's just me we're having church so I get a crew together and we go down there and early Sunday morning we're shoveling sidewalks and throwing salt we're shoveling snow off steps and off the thing the, the plow has not even come in yet to plow the lot. Okay, we're getting the sidewalks clear. The plow is supposed to be coming. I had had 15 phone calls that morning from walkers and standers. Are we having church today with a hopeful tone in their voice? I won't tell you which one they were hoping for. And I said, yes, we're having church. See you then. Fat chance. I don't think we can get out, Pastor. It's pretty bad where we are. While we're there shoveling sidewalks, we're still an hour before church. The first car that pulls into the parking lot that is not one of my workers that have shovels in their hands, the first car that pulls in is Elder Gunn. Marion Gunn, Terry Gunn's daddy. He's on a walker. He drives into the parking lot. They hadn't even plowed it yet. He gets as close as he can to the handicapped spot because you can't find it because there's still eight inches of snow. Because he gets out at 80 plus years old, 85 or whatever he was then, 86 or 7 probably, and gets his walker out and starts plowing through the snow with his walker. I went running down to him and I said, Elder, what are you doing here? He looked at me and just said three words, isn't it Sunday? I got all kinds of walkers and standers that are th hoping they can stay home another Sunday and I got a guy that should be seated that said if it's Sunday I'm going to church if it's Sunday I'm going to the house of God I just I just say thank God for a church that's got some sitters in it that are just there, they're faithful you never have to wonder thank God for those people that make that investment in the kingdom so I honor you tonight but the psalmist did not leave you out of this equation he said, if you want to be blessed,
rest. And you got to be careful that while you're sitting, you don't fall trap to becoming scornful. Because it is so easy for people later in life to begin to be negative and critical and judgmental. They see fault in the generations that are coming on and question and doubt their commitment. I'm so glad I don't believe that's what happens here. It's not that everyone is perfect, but I'll tell you what God can bless and is blessing. It's a church where the young generations value the elders and the elders trust and believe in the young generation. Hey, I know everything's not going to be done like we used to do it. Tambourines and accordions aren't making a comeback. Let's all stop and praise the Lord. The music's going to change. The service schedules will change. The service orders may change. We're on the internet now. I don't think that happened at Azusa. All right? But let's recognize that while some of that stuff changes, we ought to celebrate what hadn't changed. We still repent of our sins. We're still baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. We're still filled with the Holy Ghost. We still believe in the truth of God's Word. We still believe in holiness. I understand everything's not like it was, but I say thank God for elders that don't start looking down their nose at the generations behind them. Psalmist said you got to be careful that you don't start being critical and judgmental of everybody that comes behind you. I say thank God for elders who are blessed because while they're sitting there in their faithfulness, they look at the generations coming and say, I want you to go. Go reach the world. Go do something great for God. I believe in you. I say thank God for elders who are blessed, who can help guide us, who pattern apostolic Christianity to us and who are not scornful and not critical and do not mistrust the generation that follows them. You can be blessed while you're seated, but you can't sit there in judgment. you got to believe in that generation that's coming. Do you remember when you made that transition? And for the first time you had a pastor that was younger than you? Comes a time you got to accept the fact the generation behind us is going to go farther than we ever did. That's not an insult to us. That's a compliment to the foundation that you laid. When this church explodes and grows to five times the size it is right now in a new building somewhere that God already sees, that's not an insult to who you were. That's a, that's a bunch of people that are sitting there in faithfulness saying, I believe in this young group. I believe in that praise team. I believe in those musicians. I believe in that youth group. Don't let the devil convince you to sit in judgment. Stand with me if you would. Blessing can come in every season, folks. Do you believe you can be blessed all through life? I believe you can. But I know what has to happen. Young people, you got to make a decision. While I'm finding my way through life, while I'm moving, while I'm mobile, while I'm walking, while things are changing, I make up my mind. I will not walk in ungodly counsel. Those who are adults and have homes established and you're standing, we need some people willing to stand against sin and stand for righteousness. And the church has to have elders that will sit as examples and not with scorn. And at every age, the man is called to delight himself in the law of the Lord and to meditate in it day and night. What a promise, though. What a promise. He says, if you do that, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, 
rooted. Storms can't knock him down. Hey, folks, listen to me. If the devil couldn't knock this church down in the last 55 years, he ain't got a chance going forward. You just got to make up your mind. We're going to do what's necessary to be blessed. He said, man, they're rooted. They're established. They're planted like, like by a river of water, and they bring forth fruit as the seasons unfold. They prosper no matter the conditions, drought, heat, cold, sickness. It doesn't matter. The blessed man, the blessed church just goes through it all. Everything he does prospers. Why? Because he spends time in God's Word, and he seeks to obey God. I just think it'd be great tonight if everybody would make a commitment. I want to be blessed. And if I'm a, if I'm a walker, then I'm going to make very sure there's not ungodly counsel whispering in my ears. If I'm a stander, if that's my season of life, then you can count on it. Pastor, count on me. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'll stand alongside you. I'll never stand against you. And if I'm a sitter, if I've reached that point in life, then I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to give an example. But I'm going to cheer those generations on. I'm going to believe in them, and God is going to use them in fantastic fashion. So I thought about how to work with this tonight, how to close this, and I don't know what your pattern is on Wednesdays as a rule, but this is probably not an ordinary Wednesday because of your celebration. You know what I wish we'd do tonight? I wish everybody in this place would find, listen, would find somebody to pray with that's not your generation. You can tell folks to pray. You know what always happens. You know how to do it. Pray one for another. You know what happens. You're going to grab the hand of the person next to you. Gray-headed couples pray with one another. The young men pray with one another. But I, I don't see, I don't want two walkers to pray with each other. Uh, you know what I'd like? I'd like one of those walkers to go back to some dear white-headed elder and say, would you lay hands on me and pray for me? You already navigated this season of life. Help me get through it. You know what I wish? I wish there'd be an elder that would go find a, somebody that's not in your generation and say, you know what? Pray for me. I want to I wanna be such a help and a blessing to this church. I want to be a support. I want to be a, a, any way I can. Now, I know you say, well, I'm going to insult somebody. What if they don't think they're... I didn't say you have to label them. I say you have to go up and say, you probably need to sit down before we pray together. I didn't say that. I'm just saying we need to learn a little bit the value of a diverse church. We need to learn the value of a church where everybody's not in that same age class. There's strength in that. Hello? There's strength in that. So I'm going to ask an odd thing. I'm asking an uncomfortable thing. They're going to sing. I want you to please, please do not just turn around and somebody sit beside you. I want you to step out and move. This is so, why are we so uncomfortable with this? I want you to step out and move. Go across the aisle. Step back to the back. The altar service is all over this place. Would you just, as they begin to sing, go find somebody that's not your generation. They, I, I want at least 10 years between you and them. Go find somebody and ask them if they'll pray for you. Ask them if you can pray for them. Pray one for another tonight. And ask God's blessing to rest on them. Ask God to use them in their season of life. Ask if it wouldn't be possible that blessing could come on this church as we love one another and pray for one another and believe in one another and trust one another. Would you just pray all over this house right now?